Hello and welcome to another exciting, breathtaking episode of the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Hall, and of course, along with me is... Patrick Terry. And we are very excited because we have a great show lined up for tonight, or at least tonight when we're recording. We will be talking about the uh, living embodiment of Axe Body Spray, that's right, the Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. And I'll uh, dip into the fact that I took my kid, well, took my daughter to go see The Lion King. So I have put my two cents in on that one. And then, Patrick, what do you have for us today? I recently watched the movie yesterday. Okay, so. And then you also saw Fast and Furious? I did. I also saw Hobbs and Shaw, but I saw it in 4DX today, a different format. And. Quite interesting. Okay. All right. We'll get into that in just a second. And then we will also cover some trailers as well. And we'll get us rolling. So first off, like I what I like to do every episode, start off with what's new. Well, basically just trying to watch as many movies as I can. Good. I just recently signed up for Regals Unlimited, so I'm trying to take advantage of that. Okay. Um. Didn't do so well as far as my, you know, I've been talking about working out. Yes. This week was a bad week. Uh, no gym at all. So okay. plan on getting back to it next week. Um, that's about it. Not I, much. Just work. I see you've been neat. Well, from what I can tell, at least from what you've been posting, I see that you're at least dietary-wise seems to be doing better, though. I mean, I, thought I, saw, I thought I saw something that resembled, I think they call it a salad? Yeah, salad or something salad, like that. Salad, okay, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. I, I don't know. I hear that you got a new rabbit and you're defeated. I'm not sure right. how that works. So, um, how was your daughter's first week of school? Well, she enjoyed it. Uh, first day was a half day, but she wanted to go by herself. Oh. So, neither me nor her mom were present. Um, I actually talked to her today about it, and she said it went went pretty good. Cool, cool, cool. Um, all the teachers she likes, there's one that's questionable. Oh, okay. So we'll see how that goes. See how that pans out. Right. And then uh, as far as um, classes, she went, the only thing she mentioned was um, accelerated math. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. She <laughs> that... good at math? I, I mean, that's one of her stronger subjects. Okay. So that's we'll... probably why it's accelerated. I'm about to say that. Yeah. I think accelerated is more delayed <laughs> for me. It's always... Right. But, but um, we'll see how that goes. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Well, um, my kids both started school this week as well. My daughter started pre-K. She woke up at 2 in the morning, skipping down the hallway, according to what my wife said, um, because she was so excited because she thought it was time to go to school and had to be sad, uh, had to be disappointed in the fact that she had to go back to bed because, yeah, way too early. Way too early. Yeah, but she was extremely excited about starting pre-K had a new backpack. She has to start wearing uniforms four out of five days. and uh, But she, all her best friends are still in her classes. and So, yeah, she's in the same built. I mean, it's the same place she's been going you know, for daycare for years. Right. It, it's just different. So she's, you know, all excited about that. Nice then uh, York started third grade, and he seems to really like it. He's got two teachers this year. Um one that teaches his once I guess they refer to her as her home his homeroom teacher that teaches most of the classes, and then another teacher that's right next door that teaches language arts. Okay. So so far, you know, it's basically rules of the class, 
boy, he gets poor and stuff, Ted. Um, but, you know, he's got a couple of friends in there uh, that he still sees, you know, he knew from from previous years. And then, um, yeah, uh, I guess that's about it school-wise. Grayson started back at dance uh, last Wednesday, so that's up and going. And then she had a car wash today that uh, out in the heat for three, three, almost four hours. So if I could do that, yeah, three hours. And then we left there and then immediately went to T-ball because she started T-ball practice last weekend. Right. And then, uh, so yeah, she had T-ball practice yesterday and then also today. So she's, she should be pretty worn out. So um, then York's still doing his martial arts and uh, still may start guitar lessons. We'll, we'll see on that one. So, um, and that's kind of where we're at here. And I only saw one, well, I took Grayson to go see Lion King. Um, and then I saw two other movies here at the house that I'm trying to get caught up on my AFI Top 100 okay. list. So, all right. Um, well, you went first last time, so I guess I'll go first this time. All right. Go back and forth. <clears throat> so, um, before I delve in, we both saw Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, you saw The Lion King... The previous episode and talked about it. I took Grayson to go see it finally Tuesday. I sucked it up, and we uh, we we went. She said she really liked it. She kind of had a hard time staying still in her seat. And she, I'm not saying she's not normally squirmy. I'm just saying that she's was more so during when we went to go see that movie. She just had a hard time sitting still in her seat. Right. Kept wanting to go from her seat to standing up to sitting in my lap to trying to sit on the stairs, but I wouldn't let her. Um, and it wasn't that she wasn't paying attention. She just couldn't, I, I don't know, she was playing Goldilocks trying to figure out what seat was more comfortable. Right. Um, but she seemed to really enjoy it. I, we talked in the last episode that I'm not a Lion King fan. It's not my story, you know, it's not what I grew up with. It's not really one I like, you know, just in general. <clears throat> with that being said, though, I found The Lion King visually just stunning. Like, it was absolutely beautiful to watch. I, the rest of it, I was just kind of meh with. Like, it's, the story's the story. Right. Just, nothing really changes from the story. At all. I mean, they didn't even, yeah, they didn't really change much at all kind of by the numbers remake pretty much and in certain times shot for shot which i don't think adds anything to i mean it's great because it makes people feel nostalgic but i don't think it adds to a reason to make it a you know we're doing since it's a not a visual medium i'm doing air quotes for a live action because there's nothing live about it. No. There may be some scenes where the background or whatever's outside, like the actual ground and everything, is right. real with the computer animated animals. But obviously the animals are not real. But they did a good job blending that. And they did a, and a like I said, it's a visually absolutely beautiful. Stories just is what it is. The acting, I thought, kind of fell flat. 
I thought the I definitely thought the music was fell flat. I, I didn't even texted you. I go well. I think visually it was amazing. I actually think it looked better than Aladdin. Like they skimped some of the budget on Aladdin so they can use the use that money to make the effects in Lion King better because the Aladdin ones pale in comparison. But the the music I thought was flat too. I just I I and again I'm not trying to hit you know you still have a movie I don't really enjoy but still have good music in it. Right. Like I didn't really care for, you know I didn't really care for Aladdin but the music they tried you know I can see where they at least tried to make an attempt at updating it. Right. Like trying to update the music to try and fit the times. You know what what's I guess more popular now. Yeah. And that whatever I'm trying to get across. Whereas the Lion King's almost just the same music it's I don't know if it, it almost seemed like it was slower and it's like I didn't even Hakuna Matata was kind of slower paced I didn't mm-hmm. you know it didn't seem as upbeat and happy you know Circle of Life kind of was just there. maybe not the same emotion yeah yeah and I just I I think I even texted you and said that it it's like a really bad cover band line, like cover band trying to cover the soundtrack to the Lion King I can hear that <laughs> see that it, it just it, it just fell flat for me and yeah Beyonce's new song that she that got added to the movie I almost wonder if that was contractual like she like yeah I'll do this but, we but do I'm this. gonna have me a new single out of this yeah it, uh, and don't think it added anything no. like I don't think it furthered the story any not at all and uh, yeah, it was it was a little rough, but again, visually it's beautiful. And I, I mean, we saw it in two D because you know I'm not Grace is not all about that three D life yet because yeah. it's going to take time to want to wear those glasses for an entire movie. True, so, that's true. So especially at almost five, you know, she's not about that. But she really enjoyed it, and I think most kids will. I think if you love this movie, growing up. I mean, personally, I would say just stick with the animated one because you're not really gaining anything unless you just want to go see because you love the first one, which yeah. I totally get. Yeah, I mean, if you I, want to see this one, it's definitely worth checking out. But if you're on the fence, just wait. You, you might as well wait. Yeah. And, just, and if you have kids and you're on the fence and you haven't already seen it, at this point, you might as well go ahead and wait. Yeah. Because it'll be out probably in a couple of months on digital and Blu-ray. So... You, might as well just buy it on Blu-ray. Right. And watch it at just home. Just watch it at home. Have your kids subject you to have to watch it on repeat for a good month until something else comes out. <laughs> at least you got a pause feature. Exactly. <laughs> or put it on a tablet and have it watching on that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I wanted to get at. Or at least... Because we've already... I mean, you talk, you covered it pretty well, but I just kind of wanted to give you... Put in my thoughts on, on us going to go see it. But again, she she had a really good time, and really enjoyed it. She went to watch the animated one, which is one of the few Disney movies we actually don't have, because it's not my movie. <laughs> so I told her we get around to it sometime. So, um, I guess the only other two, so the two movies I watched at at home, uh, I recorded off of Turner Classic Movies. I finally got her. Now, fairly certain I'd seen this. But movie, but it had been so long, I don't, I didn't quite remember it, and I'm pretty sure, yeah, 
I feel like I did, and then either I fell asleep watching it, and I didn't go back and rewatch it, or it's just been so long I don't quite remember it. So I watched Easy Rider, the 1969 classic. Um, cult classic more, I think, because it wasn't really well-received when it first came out, and it uh, kind of took on a, more of a cult following. This is one of those movies that I watch... And as I'm watching it, I'm going, what's the point of the, like, what, what's the overriding plot? So basically it's, um, Peter Fonda and Dennis Hopper, Dennis Hopper, Dennis Hopper also directed the movie. Um, they go on a bike ride, a motorcycle ride, not a bike, a motorcycle ride cross country from, from Los Angeles to New Orleans for Mardi, for Mardi Gras. Basically, they sell a bunch of drugs in order to get the money to, in order to be able to travel, to go there. And basically, it's a road movie. You know, you're, I don't want to say typical, but it's a road movie on motorcycles where they go across country, meet different people. They end up meeting Jack Nicholson, who I believe it's one of his first starring roles, from what I've read. It's one of his first starring roles. He won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for it um he's pretty good but he's actually not in it much i would bet he's in it for every bit of 30 minutes of an hour and 40 something movie so so not much at all yeah yeah like a third in the movie he's literally in like a third in the movie. He, he didn't show up till about midway um but yeah and then they meet different people the movie just seems like it the editing's I, is I have trouble with the editing because it's it seems like it's short conversations and then they just kind of end and then you're moving on. It's no, there's no p- good transition. The music in the movie is, from what I understand, is whatever they were listening to on the radio. They right. just inserted into the movie, hmm. like while they were filming, they just inserted into the movie, and it, <clears throat> it definitely shows the times. You know, like it makes like you can understand what time, like the uh, the time in which the movie takes place because of the music, and the music does help drive the movie, sort of. <laughs> There's some music that just seemed like a little out of place. It didn't quite to me. It didn't feel like it quite fit. Yeah. But um, but in 1969, you know the the climate. And the the in society is changing so much, they're kind of moving out of the because they both have long hair and they're riding motorcycles, so there's you know a lot of counterculture as far as people not liking motorcycles, not liking where they're coming, especially when they get closer to the south. Right. <clears throat> and so they get treated like outsiders, like. Um, like just, they don't belong. They even get arrested for basically just riding their motorcycles behind a parade. Yeah, and so yeah, it's, it's ridiculous stuff like that. And uh, basically, it's just you know it deals with discrimination, obviously, you know, and um, being out of place, but also trying to find yourself at the same time. A lot of drugs are taken because that's you know kind of one of the, the there's this weird LSD scene at the end of the movie and I don't I have zero idea what is going on whatsoever I'm like 
what in the world is going on? I guess this is, I don't know if this would be better if you were already tripping. Right. It would make more sense. Because I was like, I don't know about all this. And then when the movie ended, I was like, okay, cool. Um, the movie just kind of ended. And I kind of like, well, that's not an ending. This is a shitty ending. <laughs> just abruptly. Oh, it didn't really... I don't really... I mean, it's a classic movie. There's really no spoiling it if you hadn't... I mean, hell, it's 69. It's, what, 50 years old now? Yeah. <clears throat> you trying to do math? It, uh, it's old. Yeah, yeah. It's old enough. And basically, they're dry, They're riding down the highway. This guy in the truck... This redneck in the truck comes driving by. It's like, look, I'm going to scare these guys. Shoots out the window of the truck with a shotgun... Ends up shooting Dennis Hopper, killing him. I mean, killed him and just wow. with a shotgun. Yeah. Wasn't no scaring him, he just shot him and killed him. <clears throat> Peter Fonda has to go and try and save him. And then he's like, I want to try and go get help. The guy turns back around, shoots Peter Fonda. You see a motorcycle go flying, and then it's the body, and then it's just laying there. And these guys just keep driving. And then the camera pans out or zooms out. And then keep zooming out, and it keeps going all the way up until it's like in the sky. Yeah, I guess to give a symbol, it's like the body, spirit, you know, the Peter finds the spirit going up to heaven. Right. And then it just keeps going across the. Uh, I forgot what state they were. In. I guess the Louisiana, because they were still they just left New Orleans, and just zooming out. And then the credits were all I'm like, what in the hell? <laughs> I was like, it's totally unexpected, but, you know, I guess they completed their journey and now literally completed their trip. (laughs) Literally. Yeah. So, and then the other one I watched was The Gold Rush with Charlie Chaplin. It's one of his, I'm not sure where it was on the scale of like, uh, it was made in 1929. Um, It took a lot for him to get made. It it, uh, basically, it's him going to the lot. Alaskan frontier for the Alaska gold rush Mm -hmm. and he got the idea from uh, Errol Flynn and his wife and then they was either now I'm getting my facts mixed up it was was either uh, because he was uh, it was Errol Flynn because they were real good friends Um, had gone out to you know on a trip to Alaska and seeing all these people and he saw the pictures of all this line of people, you know, off to the Alaskan frontier to try and make it rich, right? Striking gold, and he got this idea that, you know, that's where he wanted to take the tramp this time, and so there's a bit of a scandal during this. Um, the first actress he hired was 15, was still 15 years old, and uh, he. Kind of got her pregnant, so she couldn't be in the movie. Wow. I believe he was still married at the time, so it was, yeah, kind of a huge scandal there. Uh, so th- they end up having to halt filming for production uh, so they can recast the role. And the person that he ended up, hold on, give me a second here. Georgia Hale was the one, and he ended up having, you know, he ended up, uh, they never got married, but they did have a relationship. 
And uh, this is also the movie with the dancing roles. If you ever seen the clips okay. of Charlie Chaplin doing the dance, this is all yeah. that's from this movie as well. It's one of the most iconic bits. Uh, at one theater, when they uh, screened this, they actually after it got such a thunderous, you know, applause and laughter out of it. The projectionist stopped the movie, rewound it. Well, rewound. Rewind, uh, rolled it back. Rolled it back, <laughs> yeah. Rolled, rolled back the film and showed it again a second time. <laughs> so it was obviously not something you would see a lot. Um, hold on, I'm trying to... Oh, and yeah. Uh, so Chaplin and Georgia Hill were having an affair. And uh, Douglas Fairbanks, not Errol Flynn. That was close. <laughs> the, the other Robin Hood. Um Douglas Fairbanks and Mary Pickford. That's who we want. Not Aerofund. Someone's probably. We agree. That's uh. Yeah. So. It was the one that he was having the affair with. So. Crazy. Um. Anyways. So that's it. Was a great movie. It's a silent film. There's subtitles. There's a lot of classic uh, scenes where the where the uh, cabin started to slide off the cliff and it's him and this big guy and they're having to you know they're trying to get out of the cabin but they they each there's two different exits so there's one part where he starts to slide and then the the cabin starts tilting right so the other guy's trying to get him to pull back and then the cabin goes the other way and it's just this back and forth it's just really funny and then uh, of course the the dinner roll scene and there's some other great uh, bits in there, too. It is definitely a classic. They're both on the AFI Top 100, I believe. Um, I know the I know Gold Rush is. I'm fairly certain Easy Rider is as well. And that's what I've seen. I'll let you talk about yours. We can talk about Hobbs and Shaw last, if you want. That's cool. So I'll, I will let you have it while I take a drink. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so I'm going to just briefly touch on a couple of these movies. Um, I saw yesterday, which um, I'm not too familiar with the Beatles. I mean, I've, I've heard the movie songs. Yesterday. Yeah, the no. movie, the movie yesterday. <laughs> no, I saw yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw the movie yesterday, and uh, it's pretty much following a musician named uh, Jack Malik, who's been a musician for ten years, and he's just basically been playing these small concerts with very little people watching, bars, whatever he can get, and. Um, so one, just to fast forward, um, he's going home, riding his bike, and then there's a blackout. So during the blackout, he gets hit by a bus and ends up in the hospital. But when he wakes up, you know, um, after getting hit, he damages his guitar because he's a guitarist. He plays guitar. And his friends buy him a new guitar, and they want him to play a song. So he plays yesterday by the Beatles, and everybody is just so amazed by the song. They ask him, when did he write it? And he's kind of dumbfounded. He's like... What do you mean? Uh, it's about the Beatles. And they're like, who are they? And so he's like, the Beatles. You know who they are. I was like, you think it's like a weird joke. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he does a little little Google search, types in the Beatles, and the only thing that comes up are the actual Beatles. Like the animals. The, the okay. insect. So nothing on them. <clears throat> so he gets this idea to try to remember all the Beatles songs and then starts playing these same spots. And, you know, still not really getting a lot of attention, but one person um, notices him singing the song and thinks it's great. 
So he has him pretty much um, meet up with, I think the artist's name is Ed Sheeran. Mm-hmm. And um, from that, uh, that pretty much starts him on getting a record deal. And um, he's pretty much getting famous off Beatles songs. And okay. he becomes a star off of that. And um, there's a little romance there. I'm not going to touch on it because kind of a little spoilerish. Okay. Um, but along with the Beatles, there's also no Coke, but there's Pepsi. That's fine. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one scene, he's talking about he wants to smoke a cigarette, and the guy's like, what's a cigarette? So that don't exist either, which is weird. So I don't know if that means tobacco doesn't exist or just cigarettes don't. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. And then um, uh, also, Harry Potter doesn't exist. So, Oof. So that's that's a little weird. That'd be hard in our house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he's the only person that even recognizes these things that still exist. But the main thing is the Beatles. And, um, you know, life is going pretty decent, but not everything in his life is going great. And um, he has a kind of a decision to make to make things right, which, you know, I don't want to spoil it. Um, but um, it was a good movie. I wouldn't. It was kind of an impulse viewing right i didn't know what to expect but um the performances were good and i didn't really recognize any of the actors so i couldn't yeah, tell you if uh, they were i couldn't tell you if they were uh, well known or yeah um the only thing i really know about the movie or i don't know anything and i'm <laughs> like you i know beatles songs yeah but i'm not i mean sorry I know beatles songs yeah yeah yeah, yeah right <laughs> but i don't know uh, I don't know, I'm not, that's not my group, you know. Like, growing up with my family was the Beach Boys. We, my mom raised, you know, just, that she really liked the Beach Boys. I agree to really like the Beach Boys. My brother liked them, too. Yeah. We've seen them, like, five or six times, just various different ways. Um, but I hadn't actually, so we never really got into the Beatles. And... Or the Rolling Stones. I didn't really get in the Rolling Stones. I still don't, really. Like, I... For me, the Beatles are always that band that... Like, I definitely understand or respect the importance of said band. Right. It's just not me. It's just not for me. You know, it's just not my... Yeah, it's not one that I just listen to. Period. Yeah. <laughs> it's not one I just listen to. If it's on, that's fine. And I definitely... I highly respect um, their importance to to uh to the art and music and what in you know what all they brought same thing with rolling stones not a a rolling stones person but speaking of rolling stones he he did a search on them they still existed (laughs) that's crazy (laughs) so i see the actress lily james was in it um she played ellie Mm -hmm. in the movie lily james actually played cinderella in the live action cinderella movie so here we go full circle with disney Live action movies. Um, she was also in Baby Driver, uh, Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, uh, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. So she's been in a few things. I'm trying to see if there's anybody else even I recognize. I think she was the only one. And from what I understand, uh, originally they wanted, uh, oh, what's his name? I just named just, I had it and it escaped me. Chris Brown, the weed singer, not the basketball player, but, uh, I mean, not, not the, R&B singer Chris Brown that okay. likes to beat people. Um, the other, I'm probably got the wrong one anyways. Uh, 
Martin, Chris Martin, sorry. That's fine. Chris Martin from Coldplay. Okay. So originally they wanted him for the role of Ed Sheeran's character. Okay. But apparently I guess he turned it down. Um, which is fine because I think most people that are probably going to go see probably will like Ed Sheeran as well. Um, not saying people won't like Coldplay. I just think they'll fall. I mean, I'm not a Coldplay person. Right. If I have a hard time sleeping, I'll put Coldplay on because I know it'll help me fall asleep. <laughs> That's just me. Um, yeah, I just don't dig on Coldplay. I've yeah. always said that it's great. It, it's Coldplay is the absolute cure for insomnia. So, yeah, and I wouldn't. I'm not familiar with Ed Sheeran, so that's the first time really seeing or hearing. He's okay. Him. I like his original music. I don't. Know. I think him and the guitar is great. Mm-hmm. I th- to me, Ed Sheeran's kind of reminds me. Ed Sheeran to me is like John Mayer to me. I like John Mayer with just him and a guitar. Right. I like Ed Sheeran with just him and a guitar. Okay. You put a band with them, and it just. I'm not saying Ed Sheeran's bad. I'm just that's just my preference. I think I enjoy him more when it's just him and the guitar than when it's highly produced and yeah, it gets a little feeling like sell out. But anyways, um, as far as the I'm trying to see who the director is for this. Oh, I went to the back to the wrong. Do you think, I mean, since you are somebody that's not a Beatles person, do you think other people that aren't, like, say... I don't think you necessarily have to be a Beatles fan to enjoy the movie. But it probably helps. Yeah, it would help, because you'd recognize most of the songs. So, question for you. If there was one artist that you would like to see something like this happen to... Like basically, instead of the Beatles, what what band would you like to have inserted, or artist, or a musical artist? It could be. It doesn't matter what genre. I would say Michael Jackson, because that would be kind of humorous to see somebody try to take on his music and his dancing and style. dancing. Yeah, that would more be. or less the dancing style. Yeah. I, I like that. Oh, Daniel Boyle directed. I love Daniel Boyle. Daniel Boyle directed uh, 127 Hours, which I did not see because I don't need to see some dude stuck yeah, getting his arm that. cut off. I'm good with that. Uh, 28 Days Later. Which is really good. The first, really good. That's I one of his first that. ones where it was shot very. I wouldn't say it's. It was shot more like an art house movie because just the way it was shot looked like it was more handheld. Right. It wasn't with handhelds. It's just shot very artistically. Where it looks like it. <laughs> and it just looks amazing. I haven't seen it in a while. I need to rewatch that. Um, he directed Slumdog, Slumdog Millionaire. I never got around to watching that. I I'd still would like to, yeah. but I just haven't got around to watching it. Uh, Shallow Grave, which I saw a long time ago with Ewan McGregor and is that Wendy Forentino? No, Carrie Fox, Christopher Christopher Eccleston, the Doctor, or one of the Doctors. Yeah, um, that's from like nineteen ninety four. But um, Train Spotting, obviously Train Spotting two. Um, he's directed Sunshine, Millions, yeah, The Beach. I forgot he directed The Beach. A Life Less Ordinary. So basically, him and you, you and McGregor like to make movies together. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll probably check it out on Redbox for me. Yeah. Because I think I probably should see it. I, I mean, it looks it looks entertaining, and I kind of like to see how they play everything out, like how they resolve it, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I don't. Yeah, that'll be when I'll probably Redbox that, and I think it'll be 
I, I think I'll be fine not yeah. seeing it on the big screen. I'll just say, you know, he has to make a decision that will affect his yeah. career. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, what else you got for me? Um, recently, or Friday, I <laughs> went to see uh, Scary t- Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yeah. Now, apparently it's a three-book series. I've never read the series, but that's what the movie's based on. Okay. Um, the the line, as far as IMDb says, is a group of teens face their fears in order to save their lives. So, kids pretty much break into a haunted house with... Um, and uh, they uncover a book with stories written in it by someone who um, was locked down there. And apparently the stories that she wrote has, um, you know, people have disappeared from it. So basically one of the girls gets the book and it starts writing its own stories. So because they're in the house, it starts killing the friends. So as the story plays out is what actually happens. Okay. Um, kind of... Like, um, becomes like a race against time at some point where once it starts writing, they try to get to the friend to save them, and whether or not they save them, you know, we don't know. It's neither here nor there. Um, I didn't really know what to expect from it. You know, it's PG-13. It's a little creepy. It's got some gross moments. Uh, probably would have benefited from an R rating to where they could have maybe pushed and been a little more right. scary. Right, adventurous. Yeah. Um, but... I got Stranger Things vibes, it vibes as far as the kids go. Like they were trying okay. to use them as they've been used in right. Stranger Things. And they had their one smart mouth kid that tells jokes and their one serious that's like, nah, this isn't what it is. Right. And then, um, you know, you got the one person that's real, I guess, depressed going through stuff. Oh, okay. But um, I guess when I was going in, I was thinking it was going to be like Twilight Zone where you have this story happens then we fade to something else then this story happens but basically it's just kids find a book stories are written and things happen to their friends and um it, I mean it was cool watching it it wasn't it wasn't too bad but um I would say maybe red box it or stream it okay yeah it wasn't wasn't too bad now, did you go by yourself or did you take your daughter? No, I just, uh, went with a friend. Okay. And we met up and we watched it. And um, would you take your daughter to go see this if she wanted to go see it? Yeah, if she was interested. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's bad where kids can't can't watch it. There's probably maybe a couple moments where they might be like, "Ew," you know, but nothing okay. nothing that'll be something they'll take home and have nightmares. Okay, that's kind yeah. of what I was kind of yeah. getting at. Um, There's one character that might might bring that along, but. I don't think so. I thought, okay. I thought that character was a little goofy looking more than scary. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I was curious because I think Yorick has read the first book or at least parts of it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, okay. Well, you might want, you might want to watch this. Right. And then I showed him the first trailer and I couldn't really get a good vibe right. over it. And then as the more trailers that came out and I kept watching them, I'm like, I didn't show it to him. I just kept watching him going... I don't think I want to see this because <laughs> I said this looks a little too creepy, you know. And and I, and I understand it's a PG thirteen rating, but it in a way I it think kind of drew to safe. me. I was like, I don't even know if this is for thirteen year olds, right? But I, I have not seen it. I'm just going judging by, you know, what 
what they showed in the trailer. I was like, this looks a little too. This like a, this looks like it's made for adults, with a PG thirteen rating. Yeah, I mean it's a little starring more, kids. It's a little more adult theme. You know, it's kind of yeah. like um, Goosebumps for kids, but this is a little more adult, but okay. not so much where. You know, they couldn't see it. Okay. And I guess more than likely it will probably just depend on what, you know, basically knowing your children and knowing yeah. what they're what they're afraid of. And, you know, well, if they're, if this didn't scare them, you know, this kind of, if this movie didn't scare them, maybe this, you know, they'll be okay with this one. Right. Or if this movie did scare them, they won't be good for this. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. The, the trailer may be. Gave it a little misinterpreted what it was what it was for okay. me. It wasn't as wasn't as creepy as I was expecting it to okay. be. Okay, yeah, based on the trailer, that's not a bad thing. No. no. So, question: You like horror movies, right? I do. Okay. What is your uh, two questions actually? One: What's your favorite, or if you have one? Yeah, I don't really have a favorite. Okay. Is there one you watch a lot? Mm-hmm. Like more than others. Usually the first child's play. If I see it on TV or something, I watch it. Okay. I'm more likely to watch it okay. and not turn from it. Mostly because it gave me nightmares of Chucky trying to possess my body. <laughs> but I still watched it. What movie scared you as a kid? Hmm. Mostly the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Okay. They, they Do you remember how old you were when you watched them? Ooh. Probably too young to even be watching it. <laughs> Maybe. Cause the first one was like the 80s, right? Oh, they were all the 80s. All the 80s, yeah. So. Yeah, uh, New Nightmare yeah. came out in 94. And I mostly watched them on USA, so I didn't get to see the good oh, okay. bits. <laughs> I was curious because I, I I think we've talked about my friend Sean and him making me watch movies I didn't want to watch. He yeah. didn't make me watch those. And I never wanted to go rent them. Like, I never sought out the Nightmare movies because mm-hmm. I would just... Back when we had video stores. Right. <laughs> on snow days, of course. You go to the video store because that's what you do. True. You barely get out of the house, but you go to the video store nonetheless. And I would look at those movies and I'd flip them to the back and I was just like, this looks so gross. I don't want to watch it. You know, I'd flip them back over and I'm like, I'm yeah. not going to watch it. And I didn't watch those till I was probably in my mid 20s. The Nightmare movies, but I'd sat down. And watched all the, you know, I went to the video store, I went, rented all the Halloween movies, watched all of them, until yeah. I got caught up, and I watched all the Nightmare movies. The first Nightmare on Elm Street movie, I'll tell you, that I ever saw was Wes Craven's New Nightmare. That was my first Nightmare on Elm Street, and I saw it in the theater, because it was rated R, and I turned 17. So, it was one of the first rated R movies I saw by myself. Yeah. And it turns out to be like the least of the scary ones, I think. Because that was the one where he came. It like it was like, written about it. You know, it's basically uh, the actors playing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The actors yeah. played themselves. Yeah. Wes Craven played himself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then Freddy's stuff. You know, basically, it's coming to life. life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's the the whole meta type of movie. Right. But I enjoyed that one. That's still actually my favorite because it's the least. Gross and ridiculous, I guess. Yeah. And I think I like the meta part of it to kind of add something to it. Right. And, you know, and it was because it was it was meta, it made it easier for me to, you know, I didn't feel like I was lost. 
you know what I mean? Like, not knowing what was going on because I hadn't seen any of the others. Right. So, uh, but I went back, watched all the nightmares, and I went back. What was the other? I, the only ones I have not seen are the Hellraiser movies. Just haven't really cared. It just looks... I've seen scenes. I don't think I've ever watched yeah. the whole whole thing. Right. But I've seen all the... And I've seen all the Friday the 13th. So. And they've just gotten more and more stupid. Yeah. But I respect the first one. Kind of like the second one. But yeah. It's... But yeah. Um, for me... Um, my favorite scary movie is Jacob's Ladder. It's not technically a horror movie, but it scared the ever-loving shit out of me. I saw that in film school. Well, film school. I saw it in a film class mm-hmm. in college. And I'm in a giant auditorium classroom watching this movie. And I'm getting, like, I'm getting terrified in this movie. I'm like, this movie is, I mean, when there's 100, you know, like 100 kids in this auditorium watching this. And I'm like, oh, my God, this movie's scaring the hell out of me. It's like, I went home and watched Three Amigos just to kind of, you know... Kind of help you know, make it easier for me to go to sleep. There's actually a remake coming out. I don't know if it's this month or October, starring Michael Ely. So, Jacob's Ladder. Oh, that's sad. So we'll see. I, I, plan, I, on, I plan on seeing it. I think Schumacher directed that too. Damn him. <laughs> First, he scares the hell out of me, and then he ruins my. Then he ruins Batman. <laughs> Not his fault. Not his uh. fault. Probably studio involvement. It's all the studio. It's all Warner Brothers. Um, but that one's my favorite because even in my twenties, that that uh, scared the hell out of me. But actually, my f- and most people laugh whenever I tell them this. But the movie that scared me the most as a kid was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It's a kids' movie. I get it. But it is creepy. But I was an honorary little shit growing up. And so, you know, all it is is kids that misbehave <laughs> getting in trouble. Yep. And then these and then these horrible Oompa Loompas, you know, these little these little cult kids come out, you know, singing their little cult song. Or, sorry, chant. Yeah. A cult chant as they wheel away or haul away the... Kid that's been yeah, roll away. (laughs) The kid that's been bad, and I'm like, no, you know, I, I, yeah, it terrified me. And then of course the tunnel scene is always scary, when they're in the boat going through the tunnel. Yeah. And I mean, Gene Wilder is amazing, but I don't need to see that movie, (laughs) at all. And uh, yeah, I don't. No, I'm good. So (laughs) even even now, I don't want to watch it. Right, <laughs> like it's still. I, if anybody asks me what's what movie scares you, I will still tell them. Well, I don't. I have an irrational fear of a fiction of a fictitious character known as a Oompa Loompa. So you'd probably be more comfortable with the remake because it's not as good. <laughs> or probably no, I, I I did go see it though. Yeah, I did go see it. I made myself go see it. So could you watch that over? I the... watched it and I liked the the. Uh, the Indian guy that played the Oompa Loompas, he was adorable. Yeah. yeah. He was adorable in that movie. I kind of wanted to hug him. But, um, but yeah, they still did terrible with that movie. Yeah. Both movies are terrible. Anyways, uh, that's a little off topic, but I wanted to, I was curious because we were talking about scary movies. I kind of wanted to get your input on that. Yeah. So, 
Alright, moving along. What else? Uh, so we. Well, the last one was um, another impulse watch. I was just um, scrolling through um, Reels app to see what they had playing at Hollywood. And um, Them That Follow. I watched the trailer for it. Okay. And um, kind of caught my interest. I didn't watch the whole trailer because I didn't, I didn't want to be given away. If it was one of those trailers that gives away the whole story. Oh, okay. But um, <clears throat> I still don't really know what I watched. But <laughs> um, basically, it's a small community in uh, Appalachia. Um, very heavily religious. And the believers pr- prove themselves to God by handling snakes. And so from get with that is if the snake doesn't bite them, then I guess that means they're true believers. And that means God approves them. Yet if the snake bites them, it means they really need to get strong in their faith and pray. And, you know, that prayer get them through. Instead of going to the hospital. You know, they yeah. deal with rattlesnakes. You know, get bit. That's pretty much done. Um, um, a line that I can sum it up is you got a controlling pastor father. Then the story involves a somewhat gunshot marriage. The daughter of said pastor becomes pregnant by another man who isn't a follower of the religion, but later on tries to become a follower just to kind of prove his love convert, to, yeah, tries to, to, to her that, yeah, he can do it. And, you know, he does get bitten. And um, I won't say what happens to him, but, yeah, it doesn't go so well. <laughs> but um, basically, she has to a question of whether or not she's going to keep this secret of her being pregnant because she knows how her dad is. He's pretty much got her own lock, lock and key. Um, she's not allowed to leave the house. She can't drive. And um, it's, it's it's a weird it's a weird movie. It's not, I wouldn't say it's midsummer weird. It's, yeah. not, it's not on that level, but it's an interesting view at how this community runs. Well, and just... From what I'm looking at, this looks like something that could be released in like September, like not quite yeah. Halloween thriller, you know, kind of scary movie thriller type thing. Right. But kind of like Midsummer, not really one you would pick to come out during the summer. Exactly. Yeah. Although, yeah, but um, but yeah, uh, so on IMDb, it's so yeah, set and deep in the wild wilds of Appalachia, where believers, you know, death the only snakes and themselves before God, and the fellow tells the story of Pastor Trotter who holds the secret. Yeah, basically what you said. Yeah, it stars Walton Goggins, who I absolutely love because he played Shane on The Shield, and I he I I, I hated him so much because he was so stupid on that show, and so I just wanted to shake him every time he came on the screen, which just proves what good of an actor, how good of an actor right. he is, because he's and he, yeah. everything he was in Justified too, which I never really got around to watching, but. It, Everything I've heard and read was just that he was amazing in that too. Olivia Coleman's in this, and she just got you know she was nominated for the favorite, um, and she was in Hot Fuzz. She just won an Oscar, right? Uh, no. No, or just nominated. Nominated. Okay. I think she won the either the SAG Award or the Golden Globe. I'd have to go back and look, um, but she did win something last year, but not the Academy Award. But yeah, I I, I love women and Jim Gaffigan, comedian Jim Gaffigan's in this. I, yeah, I kind of feel like I need to see this now. Because, so, I, I kind of told you off air about, so, two things. One, 
this great podcast, if you don't listen to it, um, called Strange South, where they talk about different uh, either folklore or mysteries or different strange things that occur in the South. They cover these two ladies, uh, Patrice and Marley, each cover a story, and neither one knows what the other one's going to talk about. They, like me, have a drink. That's not water. Um, they have an adult beverage while they podcast as well, and they uh, and they covered at the PodX that I'd gone to, and actually where I met them, they talked about the Appalachian snake handlers, and I have a little thing. I, I took a religions in America class mm-hmm. in college. It opened my eyes up to so much, actually, just learning so much about different religions and cultures and. You know all these amazing, uh, these amazing things that are out there. It, we watched this real, this old nineteen seventies, real to real film, and about the Appalachian. It was a documentary on yeah. Appalachian snake handlers, out in East Tennessee. Yeah, many 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 hours away from us, <laughs> so they're nowhere close. But these people are. Not, to me, these people are nuts, because and not because they not anything really to do with the religion itself. Right. That's you know, that's fine. They can however they want to, whatever they however they feel makes their life better. You know how cool you want to believe in that? Uh, go for it. Knock yourself out. The what? What I thought was crazy was the fact this older gentleman, easily in his late seventies, early eighties. Still up there, you know, snake handling and doing all this stuff. He'd already been bitten 13 or 14 times. Wow. And he's still up there doing this nonsense. Again, nothing. it's nothing a knock against the religion. It's a knock against how stupid it is to hold snakes after you've been bitten 14 times. You probably ought to get the hint that the snakes don't like you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> believe in your Jesus, just don't believe in the snakes that you need to do that. Right. Um, <laughs> so he got bit a 14th or 15th time, and it's this film is documenting him getting bit by this snake, and then him weighing, they don't take him to a doctor. Oh, no. Because, you know, per the religion, they're going to pray. pray and sing and... You know, God will take care of everything else. This poor old man's waiting in his bed in this tiny house. This tiny, probably 700 square foot house. Filled with probably every bit of 100 people. I mean, it's wall to wall, standing room. People sitting on floors singing hymns. Standing at his bedside. He's surrounded at bedside. He's moaning in pain. And these people are... These people are praying and singing hymns. I, if it were me, I would be doing everything I can to muster the energy to tell these people to get out. Because <laughs> I, I, I like, I don't know what'd be more painful—the fact that I got, the fact that this venom's going through my veins, or the fact that there's a hundred people in my tiny little house that won't leave me alone and not do anything to help. <laughs> just no, they just—they believe they are helping. Which yes, sure, great. Um, I'll take a pencil and shot any day of the week, right. or anything else, any sort of anti-venom. But that's what every time that pops in my head, or someone brings up Appalachian snake handlers, that's exactly what it made me think of. Was this was 
was that real to real seventies grainy. I mean, it's it could be spooky watching that. Yeah. But thankfully, that was an eight o'clock in the morning class, and I just wasn't. I, I just it, yeah. I'm like I can't believe what I'm watching, but I can't stop it watching at the same time. True. I'm like I'm never going to Tennessee. Yeah. Fast forward ten years. Ten. There you are. Yeah. <laughs> You know, many moons later, and here we are, and I've been here 10 years, and done everything I can to stay away from East Tennessee. <laughs> we had a good pigeon forage for the for Grayson's dance competition. I did everything I could to stay away from any sort of mounts. I'm like, I don't, we don't need to be, we don't need to be dealing with two things, bears and snake handlers. Right. So, thankfully, we dodged both. So, successful trip. We don't need to go any further out. We'll we'll fly over that area exactly. if we have to. But. So yeah, so this is more like a performance piece. Like okay. the act, the actors yeah. pretty much oh, carry yeah. the movie. When you got solid actors like Walton Goggins and and Olivia Colman, you know you're going to get a solid performance out of both. Yeah. All right, we on to our main event. Guess it's main event time. All right, man, we're also running out of time too. Go yeah. figure. Uh, well, that's all right. It's just another extended episode. Alton has most are. Yeah. All right, shoot away. Let me hear your thoughts first. Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, man, let's get into it. The uh, X body spray of movies for the summer. <laughs> well, I've seen it twice. Okay. Um, first time I took my daughter, we went to see it. She liked it, and the second time I decided to check it out in uh, 4DX format. Okay. Before we get started, yes. how many have you? Because we talked about this last week before we or last up last time we met. How many out of the franchise? There's eight movies. This makes, if you want to add this in, this makes nine. Right. Out of the nine, how many have you seen? All but the Fast Eight, the Fate of the Furious. Okay, you said the most recent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm pretty up to speed on. Okay, all right. So I think if I watched the last one, this would maybe make a little sense. Well, yeah, because the last one you saw was seven, where Jason Statham was the bad guy. Right. Yes. Yeah. it, It would make more sense. A lot more sense. And Helen Mirren's character would make more sense too. Okay. So, yeah. So the mom. I've got some blind spots there. <laughs> All right. Sorry. But, Go ahead. But Team. um, you know, basically you got um Hobbs and Shaw teaming up to save the world. Reluctantly, of course. Yes. Um let's see, um <clears throat> Well, it's funny. Action is on point. Of course, this isn't a movie you go to see for story and no. no, it's just about it's the reviewer action. proof. Yeah, re. You said yeah. reviewer proof. There we go. It, reviewer proof. There we go. Pretty Three much, it's a five. it's a fun ride. You know, you get some good comedy, jabbing at each other. You even got some surprise people that I wasn't expecting to see, but it helps. I lot. texted you when they popped up. I go, yeah. I was like, what the shit? You didn't... Yeah, I couldn't tell you that. <laughs> I couldn't yeah, tell you. I had to leave that. Like, yeah, some surprises in there, but um, they help. Um, so, I mostly want to talk about my 4DX experience. Okay, yeah, go so, for it, man. I'll talk about the rest of you. So, want. I went to try it out, since I've got the Regal plan. Normally, 4DX is like 30 bucks. Okay. But with the Regal plan, it's only 9 Okay. So, basically, as you're watching the movie, there's action sequences. Your, your chair, your seat moves with the action. So, it's a car chase. They turn quick to the right. Your seat's going to move that way. And it pretty much as immerses you to it. So um, weather elements, if there's rain, uh, wind, any kind of smoke, 
that, that that's your experience in the theater as well. So there's smoke in the theater, like a well, most like, of the smoke know, like they had, like like I say, if it's explosion, they have some smoke come up right in front of the screen, just kind of wafting up. Huh. And um, yeah. What do they do for water? Is it like a mist that shoots out or something? They have that. It's like um, they showed like a little preview, kind of get you ready for what yeah. you're gonna experience. And they did have mist come out of the chair that's in front of you. I wasn't expecting it, so it was just like, <laughs> like, oh okay, all right. Time to wipe off everyone. <laughs> Time yeah. to wipe off my glasses. Right. Actually, I didn't do that till the end because it wasn't too bad. Didn't didn't mess mm-hmm. it up. But um, there is a sequence where there's rain involved and you get little drops every once in a while. Okay. I was like, all right, it's a little cold, but it's fun. It's fun. And just the fact that the 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 way the seat moves just keeps you engaged in the action. So it doesn't matter if it's gunshots, uh, explosions, you'll feel it. Uh, if somebody gets slammed on the back, they've got little effects for the seat that pushes you in the back so you can feel their impact. So Wow. So, yeah. It's it's the way I'm going to see action movies. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I might need to try that at least once. Yes. I, I like to see, and I talked about, talk to you about this, I like to see, when I see movies, I like to see it the way it's originally intended, so 2D. And then, if I really liked it, I might go, wow, I might need to see that again in either 3D or IMAX or... Yeah. You know, I guess now this new, this newest thing. There's another it's, format though called Screen X, where it's like yes. a 720 view. I haven't right. seen a movie in that yet, but I did see like a sample. I'm like, I want to try that too. Yeah, I sampled it too. In a, I snuck in for a couple minutes. Yeah. Um, one day in the Far From Home was on. Spider Man was on. So uh, the scene where he was jumping, or when he was towards the end, uh, right, right there at the final battle scene or fight scene where he shoots out of the airplane okay. and he's flying so he goes from no, just the inside nothing and then he shoots out you know he's flying down or parachuting down I guess and uh, it went from not, just the standard screen to you know you basically you have the city on both sides and I thought that was kind of cool I don't think I want to pay money extra money for it right I mean it's fine i don't think it really added much the seats look really comfortable but yeah. i mean it's nothing i would want to pay extra money for i guess okay yeah, that's just well. that's just me yeah i mean that's just me but maybe um, the next time you're at a theater that has it just before you leave just pop in for a minute yeah because i just stood in the breezeway i didn't even go sit i just okay i get it and then i walked out okay. <laughs> like after a couple minutes like yeah i get it and yeah. then because i don't think it's for that just didn't seem like it'd be one to be for like all movies. It'd just be yeah. like for your action. I mean, you wouldn't want to see a comedy like that. So yeah, like the 40x. Yeah, yeah, that's that's action. I plan on seeing it. Yeah. chapter two that way. Like, that, that might be. Yeah, <laughs> red balloons popping up from out of the ground. Right. That, that would be interesting. <laughs> that actually would be interesting. Yeah, but, everybody has to leave with one. But the seats, they're very intense. Like literally, I thought I was gonna fall out my seat. Really? <laughs> a couple times. Do they have cup holders for like drinks and food? Yeah, I have. Yeah. But. My tip is, if you ever do it, eat first. Finish at least finish your food before the movie starts, because water. You don't. Want yeah, to I was wondering how that would work with yeah. popcorn and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I ate my stuff beforehand because I didn't know okay. what to expect. <laughs> yeah, that's probably smart. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, I too went and saw Hobbs and Shaw. Actually, we went last Monday, this past Monday, and um, so budget two hundred million. The first opening weekend was $60 million, and then uh, 
the I guess this past weekend it finished number one again because it finished number one opening weekend. Then this past one, it also finished number one. It uh, with twenty five point four million. I'm not sure what worldwide. This is all domestic. Um, uh, worldwide, hundred seventy nine million so far. Okay. Oof. So it's it's close to making it's it back. Eking it. Yeah, it's eking it. <laughs> yeah. And then um, so it was directed by David Leach, um, who directed Atomic Blonde, which I really 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 enjoyed with uh charlie's theron that took place in the 80s cold war that um yeah that one was really fun that, that's a really good movie and uh he also directed deadpool 2 excuse me for those that have seen it so you would so you could kind of get an idea of his style right of directing because he's directed two straight up action movies he there's a scene in which Jason, a fight scene that Jason Statham's fighting in an apartment, and he has to utilize um, things in the kitchen to fight, you know, the bad guys with. And it, while I'm watching, I'm going, I was like, wow, this is kind of reminiscent of Atomic Blonde. And then when I'm, and then I see these, and then, uh, and then later, you know, after I looked to see who was directing it, it made me think that I'm like, oh yeah, that makes so much more sense now because. That's just kind of funny how I was able to draw that comparison out, although it was very subtle, because um, the fight the fight scene in the kitchen in Atomic Blonde's amazing. It's it's amazingly choreographed and shot, and yeah, it's one of the best scenes. That one in the staircase scene in Atomic Blonde is is uh, is definitely a a feat for action. Um, I need to go watch that again. I <laughs> really enjoyed it. I'm going to check it out for the most, first time. Most people, when they during the big eclipse, mm-hmm. you know, were because you know, they went and that's what they did, went and did. I went and saw Atomic Blonde. Because <laughs> I was like, well, I know nobody's going to be there because everybody's going to be out staring up in the sky. So, I, and including the people that worked in the movie theater, actually, I actually had to make one of them go back in to start it. <laughs> no, because it starts on its own. Okay. Um, because all the movies are digital now, they just download onto a server, and then you just project at whatever time the movie starts. Oh, okay. Things I weren't. Cool. Yeah, yeah. The more you know. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Sadly, that's kind of the you know when movies go digital, that's kind of how things work now. Yeah. Um, but uh, but the projector still had the function to to do reel to reel, if you you know for whenever they do like midnight showings of some nostalgic film or whatever, some right. other film that isn't digitized, um, they still have that function. But most of them are downloaded onto a server, and then they just play whenever they're supposed to play. Like okay. you have to program to play at times. Okay. So but that's how that works. Anyways, I just had to have somebody come in and give me, you know, basically to do my ticket and concessions, and then they went back outside. I'm like, yeah, I'll have fun. I'm cool not looking up in the sky. I'll serve myself. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hell, y'all don't know me by first name by now? I don't know. That's right. on you. Right. Um, so, the uh, so the idea for Hobbs and Shaw, the spinoff, came about from producers noticing the chemistry between The Rock and Jason Statham during the filming of Fate of the Furious. So... They saw that, I'm like, you know what? I see an opportunity. You can make money. More so, money. yeah. Um, 
Producers thought that was an awesome idea. Vin Diesel, who was also a producer on all the Fast and Furious movies, that's essentially how he makes his money. Right. um, Obviously, that and then voicing Groot. Yeah. um, Literally, this is what I wrote down for my notes. Diesel got butt hurt and canceled some of the rock scenes in The Fate of the Furious. Um, He also refused to show... Vin Diesel refused to show up for a full day of shooting, which then pissed off because he was... His feelings got hurt. His ego. Yeah. His ego. <laughs> Tiny little man, big ego. Yeah. Poor guy. Um, which just sounds so silly, but whatever. Um, so he refused to show for a full day of shooting. So basically cast, crew, everybody just got shut down for a day because he refused to show up. Wow. Because his poor little feelings got hurt that he wasn't going to be in one Fast and Furious movie. So The Rock says he may not come back for the for uh, the ninth move, ninth installment, the one that's currently filming. Right. Um, but he would come back for the tenth installment. Now, from what I understand from his Instagram page, he's there filming. So that uh, I guess that little piece of news. Moment. He yeah. Moment, that thing. Um. So if you haven't seen. Uh, Patrick already kind of touched on this. If you haven't seen it yet, look for unexpected cameos to pop up. Also look for callbacks to the actor's previous films. Um, or, excuse me, previous work on other films. So there's a scene where they see you know, they walk through this, like, I guess it's called a secret hideout, I guess. It's, it's J- a lair. Yeah. <laughs> um, of Jason Statham's and or his characters, obviously. And they're walking through, they're showing all these really cool McLarens that I absolutely love. It's my favorite exotic car. So the fact that he was it was in this movie, it was like, oh my god. I was in heaven just watching that. But there's and then there's like all these awesome there's McLarens and then there's these old cars and then there's a Mini Cooper. And he goes, Oh, I did that or uh that's from a job I had in Italy. No, referring to the Italian job. Which I thought was cute. Which is crazy. I haven't seen that movie, but I knew what that was from. I don't know how. Well, yeah, because it's the. I mean, it's kind of what it's famous for. Yeah. Now, I believe the original, they actually used Fiat's, from what I understand. Or when I remember, it's been so long. Yeah. Um, but I actually forgot Statham was in that one. All I remember about the Italian job was the fact that Ed, was the fact that Edward Norton had to be in it. He was contractually obligated. He did not want to be in it. He was, and. He was a complete nightmare to work with the entire movie. And it was like, because he didn't want to be there, but he had to. Hmm. So that's what I remember from the Italian job. Wow. So, but that was during when I was basically doing, uh, I was trying to find everything I could find out about Edward Norton because I really liked him as an actor. You know, he speaks uh, fluent Chinese, no, fluent Japanese. Because before he was went into acting, he uh, he was actually in business, and he was a consultant to Japan for, I think, seven years before he came into acting. Huh. Yeah. All right. So, the more you know, dun 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 dun. <laughs> more tidbits. Yeah, yeah. I went through a, you know it's when Fight Club came out, so I was yeah. literally what in Primal Fear had already been out, so I was like already on on board with anything he put out. So, anyways, um. So yeah, so I too absolutely love the movie. It's the one I've been waiting for all summer. Right. Like even more than Endgame. 
Endgame I wanted to go see, yes. But I was so... Uh, as soon as I saw the trailer for for uh, Hobbs and Shaw, I'm like, yeah, I'm so on board. August can't get here quick enough. Like, I, yeah, Spider-Man will be great. Yeah, Endgame will be, you know, it'll be what it is. But I need to go see this. <laughs> because I think we talked about, you know, I, I'm not a big... Like, I saw the first Fast and Furious movie on DVD, and I didn't like... I thought it was stupid. I'm like, this is just stupid. The writing's terrible. It's like a fifth grader wrote the script to the first Fast and Furious movie. And it was shot fine, but the effects were just not super great, even for that time. Right. Even for that time period, the effects were kind of shoddy. And I'm like, God, what kind of low-budget movie is this? And I was just like, ugh. But here we are. And just, here we are. <laughs> and so I never watched another one yep. until the fifth one. I saw Fast Five, which still, to this day, saying that just sounds so dirty saying that. It just sounds so uh, double entendre Yeah, that's but, what got me back into it. Because after the third one. I didn't, oh, see, I didn't yeah. even see the third one. Yeah, so I, I was done after the first one. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I listened to... Um, this podcast I've listened to since York's been three months, and he's almost, you know, he's eight and a half now. Um, the podcast is called Comedy Film Nerds. I know I'm plugging a lot of podcasts tonight. Um, but I've been listening to Comedy Film Nerds since uh, 2010, and uh, mostly agree with their reviews, sometimes disagreements, which is what you should do. Right. Um, is form your own opinion, and not just go with someone else's all the time. But... They talked about fast, you know, talking about fast. I'm like, all right, they've at least got me intrigued enough to go rent it. So I went and rented it. Absolutely loved it. I'm like, okay, I need to go back and watch the rest of them. So what I did was I utilized the public library like most people should do and save money and utilize their local public library system and check out movies there because they're free. You keep them for a week. And if you forget to return them, just renew them. That's it. There you go. So I watched two. So I actually rewatched one. Still don't like it. <laughs> I still just don't. I just don't. It's just. Uh. And then two, three, and four. Um. So two faster furious. It's got some charm. It's got. I think that's the first one with the no Luda's and four. I always get two and four confused. No, two has Ludacris and yeah and um. Because he took Ja Rule's place from the first one. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Ludacris and Tyrese. So, that has some charm to it. It's not great, but it's got no. some charm. It's it's fine. It's serviceable. It's better than the first one. So, I, I enjoyed it. I was like, okay, well, maybe there's something going on. So, then there's Tokyo Drift. Uh, I don't hate it, but it's not my favorite. But I don't dislike it like a lot of people do I actually like Josh Lucas he was at he was dating some girl I don't even know what their status is now because it's been so long but he dated this girl at University of Missouri for years and he would go and work out in their gym yeah because he'd go visit when he's not shooting whatever and from what I hear he's just a super nice down down to earth kind of guy so I'm like alright I think he's cool in my book <laughs> you know I'm like so, you know, I guess that, that might have a little sway, too. I'm like, all right. It's, okay. it's cool. So, and I actually do kind of like how they do it. Now, it's not 
in the true f- formula of a Fast and Furious movie because it's mainly drifting. Yeah. In the same way that Season of the Witch is not the same as any of the other Halloween movies, but it's still classified as a Halloween movie. Never even seen it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's different. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's it's different. It just doesn't have Michael Myers in it. Okay. Like I said, it's still considered a Halloween movie. It's not terrible, but it's they're like, where the hell is Michael Myers? At? Right. Yeah. Same thing. It's like Where's it's it? not terrible, but you know the cast. But it does introduce you to Han. Yeah. Which I love Han. It's hard not to. So then. Um, Oh, Lord. The Fasting, The Furious. Because <laughs> they had to change it up. Yeah. Enjoy that one, too. Brings back everybody and incorporates them in. Brings in the... Not Santiago. Uh, the Santiago Brothers? But anyways, it brings in the brothers. The um, and, and then everybody gets in. And that's not a terrible movie, either. It's fine. But that's when we find out that, you know, Woody has a car accident and everything... Whatever. Soap opera. The yeah. Fast and Furious soap. It's a soap. The Fast and Furious movies are a soap opera for dudes. That's essentially what it is. Pretty much. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you try to explain any movie that's not about the crashes and everything, but the actual plot of it and the actual storyline, it's a soap opera. <laughs> she loses her memory. Thinks she's dead, but she's not dead. She comes back. She doesn't remember anything. So they had to try her. They're, they have to try and help her, help her regain her memory and then meanwhile these other people are falling in love there's some chemistry and then you're like yeah, yeah it's a soap opera soap opera and then two dudes fighting <laughs> trying to kill each other yeah, yeah soap opera so it's a soap opera for dudes yeah so but anyways uh, I got so off track but yeah so when I jumped when I after I got so I got back on board I saw six seven and ate all three in theaters. I took Grayson to go see Seven when she was still able to go to movies yeah. in a stroller. And then, you know, she threw a fit, went to the breezeway until she fell asleep, gave her some food. She was cool. Watched the rest of the movie. Right. Might have done that with Six and Seven, actually, to be honest. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely love them. They're just, they are what they are. They don't try to be anything more than they're not. Nope. They don't try to be a serious movie. They know that they are ridiculous. Yep. They know they have to try and one-up the previous movie. Yeah. They, they know what they are. Yeah. They, they are very self-aware. And as soon as they became self-aware in the fifth movie, that's when they got better. And that's when they've just kind of... Banked. Uh, yeah, more or less. <laughs> so, yeah. Fast and... So, this one is not any, is not any different as a spinoff. The chemistry is good. It's two dude, two bros, two ball-headed bros, and if you included the villain, three ball-headed bros, or very, yeah. very, very close cut. Yeah. Whatever. Basically going at it. And the things I liked about it were the comedy, was how well they worked together. The it what, I laughed more in this one I think I have in any other Fast and Furious movie. The action was spot on. It. Yeah. Yeah, uh, whether involved car or not, to be honest. Right. Oh, the fight scenes were on point. Very well choreographed. It was shot well. It was acted well. There are only a few minor things, I guess you could say, 
that I had problems with. I had a problem with the final fight scene took place. It's supposed to be at dawn. So it's pitch dark, like 3 o'clock. And then we're supposed to, within 15 minutes, believe it's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. And we know that we know the projection of time because there is a timer for a device. I won't give away what it is. Oh, yeah. There's a timer for a device that they have 20 minutes before this thing gets, you know, before the, this timer goes off. And it's 20 minutes and it's 3 o'clock pitch dark. And then with like 16 minutes left, it looks like it's 3 in the afternoon. I'm like, the sun doesn't rise in four minutes that well, you know, that quickly, not without some sort of hue. Right. And you're right there by the water. Right. So it's going to be a real pretty sunrise. No, it's straight up three, at, three, at, three in the afternoon. And then with six minutes left, it's it's a hell of downpour, stormy lightning, and downpour rain. And I'm like, they're in Samoa. They're not in Missouri. No. You know, they're... Not in these weird... <laughs> I'm like, I get the whole climate change thing, but that still doesn't affect time. No. <laughs> so, and honestly, that's literally the only thing that kind of took me out of the movie. And yes, that is the dumbest thing, but it is kind of a glaring thing. Yeah, I actually noticed that when I watched it today, I was like, yeah. I got light pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, how how much time has passed? How long have they been fighting? And it shows the time. minutes. <laughs> yeah, it shows the timer. I'm like... Oh, oh yeah, that's 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 bad editing. Yeah, <laughs> or planning or something. But uh, but no, overall, it's it's a fun movie. Yeah. Now, if York wanted to go see this movie, I would take him. Yeah. Because I didn't really notice any cursing. It is PG thirteen. Oh yeah, that's cussing. Is there? It was a couple of times where I was questioning if it was actually PG thirteen. Oh okay. Because I, I didn't notice it. Yeah, it was. I know yeah. they probably say shit a lot because they, you can get away with saying shit more than you can. They drop a couple F-bombs, too. Do they? I think you yeah. only drop two. If you drop more than, If you drop more than two, it has to be rated R. So it might have been two, but it just felt yeah. like it was pushing yeah. <laughs> the PG-13. Yeah. Well, I took York to go see Once Upon a Deadpool, yeah. which is essentially the PG-13 Deadpool 2. Yeah. And he really enjoyed it. And then, uh, and honestly, the language is really the worst thing. It's not that bad. And the right. violence in this movie is, is comic book movie kind of violence yeah it's just so over the top that it's i mean shoot idris alba has a metal spinal thing that gives him superhuman strength and stuff yeah like he's mutated and evolved that's the whole point of his villain so character so he's practically like half man half robot aka black superman it was like my favorite part of the movie not to yeah. take anything away from The Rock and yeah. Jason Statham, but oh. just, I'd like to so, see his backstory of yeah. becoming. Yeah, so he has a patch, one of his little nods. He has a patch that from uh, that's actually a nod to Prometheus. It's the symbol. So that's on his his uh, vest. See, now I'm going to have to, when it comes out, I'm going to yeah. watch it again. I'm like, not going to watch it in the right. theater, but I'm going to yeah, yeah, yeah. check it out. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, it's like, all right, I see you. Yeah. So, you know, and The Rock just has tattoos from every other yeah. movie that, you know, not to every other movie. Um, but, yeah, so I, if you like the Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious movies, you're obviously going to like this. If you like action movies, I would recommend seeing this. If you like buddy comedy movies, I would recommend this, yeah. honestly. It's 
pretty much a buddy cop movie. Yeah, it pretty much is. You know, it's just they get along, but they don't. You know, just like the most formulaic ones. And this movie's formulaic, but in a good way, though. Like, there's there's things you can get nitpicky and stupid about. Yet, there's in their contract they had this thing where they can't. Neither one of them could lose a fight because apparently they're that much of a bro. I don't know. It just. I just I, I just shook my head. I'm like, wow. I cannot fathom being at a level of insecurity to where I need to have that in my contract. Right. It's like I need a bowl of M&Ms with all the reds taken out. Exactly. It's a bit much. That's yeah. just yeah. fragile egos. You know. So, I don't know. I don't know. That, that kind of just made me laugh, but at the same time, just shake my head, you know. Like, y'all making millions, and that's the thing you guys are going to... All right, man. Whatever. I will ask this. Did okay. you did you leave during the credits? No, I stayed for the entire thing. Okay. First yeah, time yeah. I left. Oh. Second time I stayed because somebody said, don't. There's like two of them at the yeah, end. Yeah, I didn't know. Two or three. No, neither did I, but I you know what? Expecting. Just for kicks, I wanted it because uh, at the end of Fury 6, mm. or Fast 6, whatever the hell it Fast Fury 6, that's what it was. Fast 5, Fast Fury 6, Fury 7. Okay. Anyways, at the end of 6, <laughs> at the end of 6, um, you had to stay at the credits because that's where Jason Statham pops up yeah. for the first time. So, I learned, for, I learned my lesson then. That's the first movie I ever just left. And then, after reading I was like, man, that's totally uncharacteristic of me. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned my lesson after all the... Marvel. At, yeah. After 20 Marvel movies, you I think kinda, I know, but... I just wasn't expecting this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Everybody's like, marketing off of it now. Yeah. It's like that first thing. Like, okay. Maybe that's it. So, yeah, we'll go. And then I was online. Like, oh. Okay. I'm definitely going to see it again. But I'm going to pick a different format so I don't feel so bad about seeing it again. There you <laughs> go. But yeah, we... Uh, but yeah, I'd stay for all of it because I didn't have kids to pick up yet. So, i stay for all of it. Yeah, so... And I was texting you. So, I was doing... I was multitasking. Wait for the credits, credits to end. I was texting you about it. Yeah. About the movie. Um, all right. I guess that's the end of that one. Um, real quick on trailers before we wrap up here. Um, there's really about four that have come out that I've noticed. <clears throat> excuse me. That aren't TV related. <laughs> um, first one's Pain and Glory. It is a subtitle movie. It's one you probably are going to end up I didn't catch the release date, but when it comes out, it might be a little bit hard to find. It's um, it's a Spanish-speaking movie. It stars um, Penelope Cruz, who I'm not really that big. I've never been that big of a fan of. I respect her work. I'm just not. She. I don't know something about her that bothers me. I don't know what it is. I still don't know what it is. But there's just some actors and actresses that are just that way with me. Um, yeah, but more importantly, Antonio Banderas is in it, who plays the lead plays a washed up actor slash writer trying to make one more movie and still trying to remain successful in a in an industry where he's kind of fallen out of the limelight. And he turns it from what I've read from he's won he won Best Actor at Con and he I believe also at um, Toronto Film Festival. I don't know. It's won so many awards. It's going to be one that is going to be one to look out for best foreign language film. I think 
at least nominated for uh, for best foreign language film. Um, so that one's coming out. And again, again, we'll have all the trailers posted on our page. Here it says October fourth. October fourth. Awesome. <clears throat> then the animated Adams Family looks fine. It looks serviceable for kids. It doesn't look overly dark. It just looks creepy and kooky. <laughs> to borrow the lyrics from the theme song. And then the movie 1917, which is Sam, Mendi- Sam Mendez's... Easy for me to say. Um, it's his war movie taking place at, I believe, World War One. Yeah, 1917 would be World War One, And it's about these two... British soldiers that are having to get to the front lines to deliver a, and deliver a message because I guess they can't get it out over radio or something. From what I can tell, it looks like it'll be good. I mean, it comes out in November, I believe. So you know they're going to be pushing for that Oscar. Yeah. For that Oscar buzz, you can already tell just by watching the preview. One, it's a war movie. Two, it's him and does so he doesn't really do bad work. So. Yeah. So that one looks interesting. Um. And then The Irishman, which is a Netflix, straight-to-Netflix movie, that's um, with, <coughs> that's the Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Al Pacino mobster movie that just makes you go, wow, that is going to make you feel nostalgic for all the other Scorsese mob movies. Yeah. So. Should be good. Yeah. We'll see. I'm going to be cautiously optimistic on that one. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. Something to, uh, guess I don't it, know. I guess it depends on which version of these actors you get. What you said. <laughs> That's, thank you, because I, I did not know how to best describe that. But yes, exactly what you said. Um, but we'll have all those trailers posted up on our page. And we will also... Um, have the trailers for the movies we talked about as well if for some reason you haven't seen or haven't caught a trailer for one of them um anything we want to add i think we've covered pretty okay. much what do you what do we got coming up this week uh the for, kitchen? Next, for next episodes yeah i will have watched the kitchen and good boys okay <laughs> and i will have tried to go see the kitchen so we'll both talk about that and hopefully I can catch another movie. I believe, uh, what was the other one? There was one my daughter was going to want to Or I knew she would want to go see. That's out. Um, I was like, oh, we'll go see that one. This next time around. But now I don't remember. But that's okay. It'll pop on my head at some point. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's about it. So for Patrick and myself, I guess we, don't forget... To, I'll tell you what I, I was end it with uh, what what you got, Angry Birds too. That's what it is. Thank you, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Only reason I'm watching that is oh to fulfill boy. my Sony movie commitment, so I can get them get Spider Man and Men in Black and Angry Birds digital. It's the only reason. Wow. All right. I guess we'll be Sacrifice. talking about that. We'll probably be talking that one. That I knew it was one that I wasn't in a big rush to want to go see. Yeah. Ever. I have a feeling. Yeah. We'll be going to see that one. I think I'll be seeing that solo because I don't think my daughter wants to see it. I'm just doing it so I can get the other movies digital. You, you want to go take Grayson? <laughs> um. <laughs> you just come take Grayson and then I don't want to go see it. 
Y'all can go hit a... Oh, wait. You'd have to take Tuesday off. That's it. Y'all can go hit the Tuesday movie 550 down. I'm showing, but... Uh, that'd be alright alright well we'll you and I will both survive Angry Birds too. yeah that's not the first one so it yeah, too bad it was, it was okay it was yeah. saw it for free so it wasn't bad at all oh well that's always makes <laughs> things I always say free makes things better so alright for Patrick and myself uh, thank you for listening don't forget to uh, check out your local library for not only books but also for movies as well they're a great resource True. and until next time We will see you later. Good night.